Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? <laughs> You're laughing because I'm so <laughs> grumpy. I'm so annoyed with you. <laughs> Full exhale. <laughs> You're just like laughing to yourself while you're doing that. We are on the air for episode 117 of The Long Finish, letting some drama bleed into the show. Oh, please. You're you're annoyed with me because you're getting back to health. You're not I well. Am, I am. You know, I feel like you know, you're know you saying that on the regular here. It's like, you know, every other month that's this happening to me. And let me tell you all, it is very frustrating. So I was teasing her and... That was a hard intro to do. I didn't like it. <laughs> you did not like it. Oh, this should be a good one. This could but be a firecracker. Listen, listen. I'm a good sport, and I would not be with you if I couldn't tolerate the teasing. I will say that. I appreciate you being here tonight, knowing that you're on the mend. You are officially on the mend. I am. But there is only one person drinking tonight, and that is moi. C'est moi. <laughs> a little Camelot call out there for episode 117. Catherine, we're drinking a fun wine tonight, something that I kind of wanted to drink because I'm the only one drinking. So, Catherine, what are we into for this evening? Yes, we're drinking the Quinto de Amial. It is from Portugal. This is a Vino Verde, and it's vintage 2021. You and I scoured our our, our history of podcasts looking for Vino Verde. We We thought we'd done it before. We did find that we've done a rosé. Yeah, I I missed it. He said, no, we haven't. I said, I think we have. I missed it. And then he found it. You found it, the rosé. Episode 57. This should be fun because I I thought for sure we've talked about it before because this is a a wine or varietal that is easy, pleasing, affordable. I think more people should be into. Well, and Vino Verde is a region. I think that that that's what's... I you said know, that wrong, right? I said like, varietal, but it's a yeah, region. But like yep. Sancerre, or you like you think of Vouvray, or uh, other regions that, you, or Chianti, it's a region, not necessarily the grape varietal. That's a rule that you basically taught me, and every, all the listeners very early, maybe episode one of the show, and I just broke that. So, but that's but that's me. okay. It's a good reminder because we're always categorizing wines, and they're actually. A number of grape varieties that are permitted in Vino Verde. Now, now, most of those are white because most of the wines that are labeled as Vino Verde are white. That's why I was so surprised that we had done that rosé. I barely remembered it. In the spirit of only one person drinking, we're going to keep this as a mini episode to make sure that you're on the men back to health. Thank you. We're not going to work you too hard. But health has really been the, the, the buzzword in our household for the last week. When you last joined us... Folks, Catherine and I were so excited because we were finally going to get a household to ourselves. And that did not happen because no. our oldest, our seven-year-old, um, was sick for two days. Three days. Three days, all, 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 coinciding with all the days that we were supposed to have our two-year-old in preschool. So all the days that we were looking forward to, having some freedom from kids. Three kids in school. That didn't happen. Did not happen. And our neighbors were like, so, how was it? What did it? you do? Well. Not to mention our two-year-old has so much separation anxiety 
that it really was only in preschool for two hours. So which is normal. It's a pro- you know, we expected. I'm this. not judging him. I'm just relaying to people oh, yes. what happened. So today, today was the first day. First day, two hours. We had two, two hours, hours of freedom. And then I went to pick up the kid, and um, our uh, our car died. Our car died. <laughs> it's still at the preschool. <laughs> And I, I walked the ki- I walked this is not a joke. I walked the two year old <laughs> home. Carried him. I carried him about ninety percent of the way. So yeah, the life is just not easy because I'm just I have talked about this in millions of episodes of the show. I'm just craving some sort of routine, some sort of rhythm, and we just can't can't get it. I mean it's a breakup of rhythm for a good reason. My parents are coming in town this weekend, which is exciting for my kids, exciting for me, for Catherine. But we're really just looking to next week now as an opportunity to uh, finally have a few days where we can just get into a rhythm, have a few days where kids are in school. I know. Last Wednesday, I was like, oh, this is supposed to be my new free day. And here I am laying in bed sick. But that was okay. It was still, thing, the change is still happening. The kids, the school is still happening. The kids are still going, you know, it's uh, it's on the way. And I'm a hypochondriac. I do not like being sick. Don't want to get, no one likes to be sick, but I really don't like it. And so I um, I slept in the two-year-old's bed. I put the two-year-old next to Catherine as like sort of a, a canary in the coal mine. Well, he was the one who started this yes. whole thing anyway. We thought basically that he won't get sick again. No, or I was fine if someone got sick, it'd be him. I'm sleeping in the kid's room for the next week, and I'm excited to go back to, to my bed. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> um, well, let me just say, you know, I am, because these just keeps happening to me i i am seeing an ent in a few weeks because i just can't be by I, I put my nose in the glass to try and get some notes on the wine tonight it couldn't smell anything this is just not gonna work in this field so it's i gotta get question. to the bottom of my you know sinuses and what's happening in there you bring up something interesting like if an athlete pulls a hamstring which is what we're seeing in a lot of my fantasy teams every person is pulling a hamstring couple of them unfortunately toward Achilles tendon was this the equivalent of you being uh you know of a pulled hammy with your with your nose not being able to breathe well, yeah, I have to figure it out and I it, per, I don't think it's allergies I do think it's somehow the way that my sinuses are working and we don't need to get into the real deep uh, of let's this take it this is podcast. a really good this is what the listeners want to but hear. I'm pretty sure it's genetic uh thanks dad um but I will say I've had a lot of conversations with people about this over the last couple of years. One, because of COVID, you know, different Psalms talking about some who would get long COVID or some who would get COVID and their sense of smell wouldn't come back. And then eventually it would, but it was weird. And then it would go away again. You know, I, I, I've talked to a number of people. And then also allergies. Allergies are so much worse in general for people across the world that there's a lot of people that have to take daily medication to deal with that. And some of those daily allergy medicines don't mix with alcohol. It's kind of an issue. Now, in fact, the gentleman who imports this wine, your old friend, Advance, he suffers from a lot of allergies. Still, still, still a good friend. As well. I remember... Sometimes, even when we were on the trip with him in Italy or, you know, during allergy season in L.A., he his his nose would get so red. He would talk about his allergies, but he didn't want to take the medication because, you know, conflicted with his ability to really sense the wine. And, you know, there was a lot going on with that. So anyway, 
Ted thinking about you, hoping that my sinuses can recover. But in the meantime, you can enjoy this wine. I definitely am. You mentioned genetics. I want to to shout out your parents living in Boulder, Colorado. In the hottest scene in the country with the Colorado Buffaloes football team. They're loving it. And Deion Sanders, like, taking the country by storm. I believe it's the the, the Buffaloes are now the most watched college football team in America, maybe even history of Fox Sports. It's crazy. My dad had season tickets when I was a kid, and he would take me to some games, my brother to other games, sometimes my mom, but... I've been to a ton of games there. I've never been. I, I told you last week, I think the stadium looks so cool. Can't wait to go check out a game. But, um, yeah, so it's just a wild week of us sort of waiting for our life to get some rhythm. We're in day like 138 of the WGA strike. SAG strike's been going on for two months. I've always said that the strike would happen, maybe have some shift, a tectonic shift uh Post Labor Day, after everyone had their their summers on their yachts and et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully we'll see some movement here this fall. You know, it'll be nice to end this thing and get back to some good work. But in the meantime, I'm drinking wine. It's wine for one here on the podcast. Excited to have you back, Catherine. But I will you know fall on my own sword here and drink this wine Thank by myself. You. I'm a hero. Thank you. Are a true hero. You're a vino verde. Hero. I went and picked this wine out with Randall at Esther's today because this wine is currently by the glass at Esther's. I wanted something that felt affordable, something that people could pick up, but it was also still an interesting wine and fun to drink maybe one night during the week, two nights during the week. It just felt like a nice, easy hug, handshake, white wine too. I, I have a big philosophy that more men should be drinking white wine. Okay, tell us. I just feel like a lot of times, you know, you talk you talk about in general, people just prefer red wines. I think there's a stereotype out there of men just wanting to drink red, red wines. And I say, come out of there. Come out of that stereotype and say, let's drink white wine together. Chef Evan Funky of Felix and Funky, he doesn't drink red wine. I love sparkling. I love white wine. I think more people should do it. This is my crusade uh, in life, I think. It's my biggest passion. More than my kids, slightly more than our marriage. It's to get more men drinking white wine. I'm just picturing you on this campaign and yep. the billboards with you. It's and Evan just Funky. It's me and, like Evan, me and yeah. Evan doing this like clinking glasses and being like, you know, maybe have a Marlboro red sort of hanging out in one hand and a glass of white in the other. I love that. Can I learn more about the wine that I'm drinking by myself tonight? Well, yeah, you know, oftentimes people think of Vino Verde in the summer because it is just a white wine that's great when it's hot it's usually a white wine it's low alcohol and if you're in Portugal a lot of the time you put ice in it or sometimes it's a little bit fizzy there's co2 in it it's a lunchtime it's a daytime wine it's outdoors it's easy breezy it's really the national beverage of Portugal In fact, back in the day, the country didn't even allow Coca-Cola products in for many years because they wanted to keep people drinking Vino Verde. took a long time to get Coke in there. Wow, that's that's interesting. This was just the drink. You know, this is what everyone drank. Times have changed. There's Coke there. And a lot of the Vino Verde is still the inexpensive, you know, casual something that has a little bit of spritz to it has that co2 and most of that now is added co2 but back in the day it was just wine that was bottled quickly 
wasn't maybe finished quite with fermentation. It still had a little to go. It was bottled. And so when it opened it, it had a spritz. You know, it was just fast and easy, ready to drink. Now, as I said, the inexpensive versions often have a little CO2 added. But some of the finer Vino Verdes, like this one, there's no CO2. They're making serious white wine from this region. So like I said, Vino Verde is a region. It's in Portugal. It's north of Porto. It's in northernmost part of Portugal. You know, when you, sometimes when you think of Portugal, if you haven't been there, we haven't been there, you think of the warm beaches and hanging out. We need to go there. I mean, so many people are moving there. I know. Getting a residence. We've gotten there. some invitations. We need to do it. We, we need to get one kid out of diapers first and then think about that. The only one left. Well... In the north, north of Porto, in Minho, where Vino Verde thrives, it's not like the warm beaches. It's rainy. It's cold. It's on the coast. It's on the Atlantic coast. And there are nine subregions of Vino Verde. And the most northerly one is called Lima. And Lima, it borders on the Atlantic Ocean and the Minho River. And the Minho River is what is separating Spain and Portugal. That little region is called Lima. Very cold, very rainy. That is where Quinto do Amel is. So very, very different kind of climate. And of all the white grape varieties that can be grown all over the Minho, Loero, L-O-U-R-E-I-R-O, thrives in Lima. And it is the only varietal used in this wine. And this winemaker is obsessed with it. And a lot of people say it is just, it's the most complex of all the possible grapes to use in Vino Verde. It's the most Riesling-like. It has the most aromatics, the most texture. And, and you know, I'd like to check in with you and see... Uh, see what you think about that you know so what is there any you can't really smell tonight but i know you can taste better than you can smell i, I think the re- the reasoning comparisons exist on the nose i do mm. get that is it like citrus is it it's like light colored apple to me you like yellow apple yeah yellow apple is a good call i don't get like the bitter brightness of like a citrus really so much maybe some maybe like um some lemon. Lemon yeah. is very textbook for Vino yeah. Verde. And sometimes it's almost like lemon pledge, yep. like fake lemon. I've, I've had that before. Or I don't quite get that as much in this, but yes. Is there an herbal or grassy element? Definitely grassy. And mineral, I'm guessing too. I mean, that's the thing. It's grown. It's a gr- granite sort of thing, right? Comes on these, yes, granite and schist soils. And so this is... A really special estate. The pictures I've seen are just beautiful, all organic, but so much life there. Bees and bugs and all kinds of different vegetations. And it was really started by the folks. They actually, the grandfather and father sold a famous port company, Ramos Pinto, and they started this. And it's really made a name for himself among the locals. It's just like, that's the fine wine. Like that is the great Vino Verde to drink. It's the special one. Is it common to blend varietals for Vino Verde? Oh, yes, okay. absolutely. It's it's not as common to do a single varietal. So it's special. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like the bottle shape has like a Riesling connotation with the bottle shape. Label's quite classic looking. It feels very old world. Lots to like. I mean, I, I thought maybe this would be a twist off or a screw top, 
but it's not stepping it up. Exactly. I think that's telling you like, no, wait, we take ourselves really seriously. The winemaker here is Pedro Arajo, and he is just an absolutely delightful man. He lives in his vineyard. He's obsessed with the life there and, you know, really, really takes this process so seriously. He's not making a bulk product or a chuggable thing. What's interesting about this is that I hear you on the seriousness of the wine, but because of, I think Vino Verde just sort of brings with it a little bit of ease for well, free. Yeah. I'm just telling you it's a lunchtime wine. Yeah, exactly. Ice. Which is kind of cool. Like the Coca-Cola. <laughs> so it's not like a quite white. That's why I think it's kind of a cool wine for a weeknight wine. Like it's not a weekend daytime, this particular bottle of wine, not maybe not like a, I was thinking about maybe a patio porch pounder, but it's not quite that. It's something you can still enjoy. It still feels like it has some ease to it, but it is a thoughtful wine. Yeah, you're, you're making a really great seafood dinner at home on a Wednesday or Thursday. You don't want something that's going to blow the bank, but something that really pairs well. That's a special wine. This is it. That's really, really cool. I'm a big fan of this wine. I, I was saying, I thought maybe I'd be into... When I knew I was the only one drinking, I was like, I want... A some- porch pounder? <laughs> well, yeah. I wanted to get drunk. <laughs> no, I wanted something that felt like it was going to be a little more acid forward, a little racier. This is not quite that. I feel like this is a little rounder. It, there oh. is a lot of texture on it, yep. especially for 11% alcohol. There is like almost this slight oiliness, right? Yes. I mean, I could feel that in the palate. And even though it's light, it has that and it gives it depth. You hit the nail on the head with that word depth. I mean, for something to be affordable and have depth, it's a perfect weeknight wine when you're making some food for yourself and you just want to have a glass. Maybe you have another glass tomorrow night. You know, I'm really doing God's work by drinking this wine. Thank you. Yeah, by myself. Thank you. Food pairings for this wine. Well, as I said, I'm really thinking about seafood, any kind of seafood, grilled, fried, broiled, roasted. Almost anything would be just so good. We sometimes get a ceviche on the weekends at our farmer's market from some local fishermen. That'd be so great. Also, I think it's great with vegetables because it has that grassiness. I think of it in that this particular one in that world of vino verde where you're, it's great with fresh salads and roasted asparagus and peas and green beans and salads with goat cheese. So it's really for a lighter fare. Salty too. Just with some salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, I know this wine is by the glass at Esther's, which we'll talk about in a second. But if you're at Esther's and you're getting this by the glass, ask to see the bottle because I think it's really cool. We'll post a picture of that on our Instagram as we always do. So please follow us over there. Catherine, where can they find this bottle of wine? We know at Esther's, but maybe... If not here, how, how can you find a great Vino Verde? There are other spots to find this wine. I mean, it's small production, but not so crazy. This one's imported by Now Wine Imports in Newark, New Jersey. Now Wine. So I, I think you could check it out online, Quinto de Amiel, and see if it's nearby. But uh, so many wine stores are going to have a Vino Verde. That is, it's just, for years was... Port and Vino Verde were the only wines you could see out of Portugal. That has changed a lot. Portugal is so hot right now from a lot of people being very excited about it. I think because there's 
younger producers making some exceptional wine there. I think there's a lot of value coming out of Portugal, some beautiful wines that might be two or three times more expensive in other places coming out of Portugal. It's the place to be drinking wine right yeah, now. That's bang on. Go to your local wine store and ask for wines from Portugal. I think you hit value. You mentioned it earlier. I think value is a perfect word. And you know, there's so, so many grape varietals from Portugal that like you've never heard of. I mean, let me just read you the six that are in Vino Verde. Alvarinho, Arinto, Azal, Aveso, Lorero, Trechadura. Okay, so maybe you haven't heard of those. Loero, yes, you have earlier tonight. But there's just six white wines. They're more unfamiliar. And maybe that makes people a little nervous about getting into Portugal. Of course, there are some people making Sauvignon Blanc there, some people making Cabernet Sauvignon there. Those kind of international varietals are made everywhere. But the most interesting are from those regional grape varieties. And if you have a wine store you like, someone that you trust when you're buying wine, Try some varietals you might not know. Try a new region. There's value there. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. It's Parks and Rec Soccer. AYSO Soccer, we call it out here in Los Angeles, California. I am coaching my four-year-old's soccer team. This is a child, obviously, Catherine, I love dearly. We don't know how long he'll be playing sports as a, in a team aspect. Hopefully he'll do some swimming or you know some other stuff, but it was evidenced in the first game of the year. I'm coaching. There are basically, it's like 25-minute games. It was very hot. These kids are running around. And they're so tired, and our four-year-old was like running f- about five steps, and was like, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I said, just come on over here. Go get an orange slice, hang out with me, and go back. But it was so much fun, so chaotic. It's a lot of parents really first time watching their kids play sports, which was really fun. These kids have no idea what out-of-bounds are. They're chasing balls into other teams' games. I'm sure a lot of you, you know, your parents out there remember these times just to see uh, how fun and, and really, like, sponge-like these kids are about the games that they play. I personally, like, I played a lot of sports growing up. I don't remember playing any sports at four years old. I don't remember playing sports basically until I was eight years old. But nowadays, everyone's like, you got to play sports. You got to get in the game at four, five, six years old. At least right now at this age, they don't keep score. It's just about like learning the game, having fun, being a good teammate, meeting friends. And there's really like the great pillars for sports in general. So, Well, you know, when no one was watching him, he was doing a lot of practicing on his cartwheels. So I'm sure that will be perfected by the end of the season. He did score one goal, which was kind of fun. He's actually a good athlete. I just don't think he really cares that much. So, no. So we're going to enjoy this season take some photos, remember the good times, maybe he plays one more season, maybe he plays more, who knows, but we'll know that at least we have one season together. Uh, This is our middle uh, child, but uh, really fun weekend out there just watching chaos ensue. Catherine, what do you have as an inspiration for the week? Well, this week I was cozying up at home, you know, of course, with a book, and I have my book club coming out this weekend, so I was breezing through Hello This is not, by the way, this is not your... Esther's Book Club. Oh, no, 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 no. Just for everyone, that Esther's Book Club is on the 30th of September. We still got some time for that. But this one was is a mom's book club. I've never been to this. My first time going. The book is Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. It's also on Oprah's list. You've seen it out there. It's got a gorgeous cover with a face on it. That was a perfect book to cozy up with when I was 
not feeling well. It's about four sisters that grow up in Chicago, around Chicago, and their family. Immediately, I called my friend who is one of four sisters and lives in Chicago with her family and her other sisters right around Northwestern. And I go, you you have to read this book. Had she heard of the book? No, she had not heard of it. Then she calls, she's number two in the four sisters. Then she calls her older sister and she's like, oh, yeah, I read that book. She goes, well, why didn't you call me? Then she calls her mom. Her mom read it, too, and said, you can have my copy. I'm like, how are your family not Come on, ladies. You about Share the book? wealth. I know. So anyway, I I had read the other book, Dear Edward, by her uh, same author a few weeks ago and really enjoyed that one, too. But this was this was uh, a very heartfelt, break your heart in the best way book about family and sisters. And I wish I had a sister, but I think about my aunts and my mom and her sisters and wow. Well, so special to be a sister. I have two sisters and they're great. Great people. Learned a lot of things being outnumbered uh, two to one. Watched a lot of movies growing up. That being Sound of Music, which we are going to see this weekend at the Hollywood Bowl. Seen it 50 times probably. Hairspray, Grease, Beaches, Mermaids, True Beverly Hills. But your sisters, you know, unlike your relationship with your relationship with them is special, but their relationship is very special. Yeah. It's the way that they can talk to each other and know and understand each other just by looking. It's it's really neat. No, it's super unique. I've always been a little bit distanced between the two sisters, but I've loved how close they are. And I love the fact that they, Lindsay will probably hear this. I love that they are so different but so close to each other, I think that is like aspirational for our kids. Um, I think there's something unique about same gender siblings. Not not all not all the case. I'm generalizing here, but I think the fact that we have three sons, I'd like to see them be all unique and idiosyncratic, but close to one another in the way that I know your mom and aunts are and and my sisters are. So That's so neat. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Maybe I'll check that book out too. Can I come to the book club or is it just for moms? It's just for moms and you're in charge of the kids. Okay. You've blocked out that time on the calendar? It's literally on the calendar. <laughs> it's like in big permanent marker. That says Catherine Book Club. Understood. Stay away. All right. That's it. That's it for episode 117 of The Long Finish. Episode 117 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for listening to the show. If you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, we need them. It helps us amplify the show. Please do that. It means a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Catherine Wild Coker, and you can find The Long Finish there as well, at The Long Finish. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. We should be back next week with an all-new episode in which Catherine will be back to health. 100% have a glass of wine with us. So stay tuned for that. Got some fun stuff in the works for the long finish this fall. So hope you'll join us for that. Until then, have a great week. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.